another uh, Bradley Basics podcast. I'm down here at Forked River with at uh, Cornerstone Financial with the founder, Paul Haw. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, that's, Sean. That's cool. So, yeah, Paul and I have known each other about two years now, right? Just about two years, yes. Right. So, uh, as some people know from my uh, previous podcast, I I own two properties. I still have the one down in Florida, but I had one in Red Bank that was a full-time rental and ended up selling it uh, right when the pandemic was happening, and, and Paul had gotten... I had gotten together and I'd stopped into his old uh, employer and, and uh, set up a meet through one of his assistants and, and, and the rest is history. So it's been good. And we, we got together about the bottom of the market, right, Paul? Yeah. For someone like you coming out of uh, direct real estate, not feeling the weight of the market going down, wanted to enter in traditional stock and bond markets. It was really good timing for you. So yes. Nice time to meet and get together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a great relation. Let me tell you something. I mean, I've learned a lot from you already and, uh, what you've done for me so far financially has been has been spot on. So, uh, well, this will be the first podcast of Bradley Basics where we're going to kind of pivot. We've done a lot on career paths and things of that nature, and I think that's uh, you know very well established on how to how to pick a, a good career for yourself. So, Paul and I are going to get together, and you know, as I'm talking to Paul and various other younger folk, a lot of people are interested in, in finance. So, uh, this is going to be more of a practical talk. So, we're going to uh, just Paul's going to do maybe a Brief introduction to himself and and uh, his, uh, you know, the founder of Cornerstone Financial and how that came about. And uh, so uh, if, you, if you want to do your introduction, Paul, that'd be great. Sure. Um, if I have to say that, you know, the reason that I started my own company, I've always had a passion for financial advising. Um, and, and, and when I started my own company, I wanted to make sure that I was in complete control of my own destiny. And I wanted to make sure that every single client that I met, I had the tools and, and, and the versatility to meet them where they are in their lives today. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I, I have worked for a number of companies prior to opening my own company. And, and I don't have any terrible experiences. They were all you know, very good for a number of reasons to bring me where I am today. Uh, but I've, I've reached the point in my career where I can confidently look at an individual, no matter what situation they are, they are in, and, and bring them forward, no matter how they see fit, mm-hmm. with the recommendations I can put into Right, right. Kind of focusing more customer service, customizing a plan to them, and, mm-hmm. and work with them at their own pace. Is Absolutely. that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. See, because a lot of times, I mean, we've had our conversations where I've been approached by, uh, you know, people within the financial advisor industry, and they're, it's kind of what they, they want to tell you what they what they know. Right. right? And, and being a, a senior sales engineer now for going on, going on 25 years, you know, you're from a sales standpoint, that's just not a right approach. You know, no, no questioning, no research done. Um, and, and you know, what, what's great about you is you, you always have a wealth of knowledge. You've got research put together. Uh, I was here one time and, and you had a, a conference call with some, some people and, and it was, you know, you're learning new products and you're constantly, studying the market and we just made a little move this week actually on something so it was pretty cool yeah yeah what, what you said about the other folks in the industry that are, are trying to fit you maybe into their box i think that's what you said yeah uh, you know you can't discredit them for what they are doing and there is a place for what those people do um but when i created my business i wanted to make sure again that you know i, I don't just do insuring and i don't just do financial uh, advising into mutual funds. I don't just do annuities. You know, I, I like to think that I, I learned, you know, everything over a 15-year learning process or practicing, if mm-hmm. you will. And um, like insurance, real estate, yeah, uh, uh, all all the stuff. Uh, 
uh, trust funds, right? All that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Planning, estate planning. And, and I do believe that people are looking for that. Mm-hmm. You know, people that have a, a general focus, you know, I need to invest these, this dollar amount. You can, you can go do that yourself now on TD Ameritrade or Schwab or wherever you want. Um, but, but my client base are folks that are looking at, hey, hey, can you look at me entirely and telling me, you know, should I be investing? Should I be insuring? And how much even if I should? And understand who I am, where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. And then we can backtrack to find out all the solutions. Yeah, that's great. And then people know that, um, or at least I hope to, to get the message out there, that that is, that is the practice and the brand that I'm trying to create and trying to portray. That's great. That's great. And uh, you're, you're, you're a father of three? and Father of three. Proud father of three. That's great. Great. And they're, they're quite soccer. But you played some soccer too in college, right? I did play. Um, proud to say I got to the Division One level. I, wow. was, I was not a superstar, so it was definitely going to end at that point in time mm-hmm. in my life. Um, but I, I primarily went to school for... for well, you look like a soccer player. <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> and I just got done coaching today, so I'm, I'm all wound up. I, I love coaching so much. I got my, uh, my seven-year-old and my my six-year-old on the same team. Oh, wow. We had our first tie today. We're undefeated, so we had a tie today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it in the parking lot. Well, you'll, you'll work through that. It's oh, yeah. a coaching moment. So where, where'd you go to school? Ryder University. Where's that at? In Lawrenceville, uh, right outside PA, on like the Philadelphia PA border. Okay. It's in New Jersey. That's cool. How, how'd you, you played soccer there, right? I played soccer there. My, my, the motive for going there was, for whatever reason, I always wanted to be a financial advisor, too. Mm-hmm. And so when I was 18... Um, one of the guidance counselors. Your, said, your brother's a financial advisor too, right? He is as well. And he went to Ryder. Oh, wow. So they said, well, well, where do you want to go to school and what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a financial advisor. And they said, well, your brother went to Ryder. They got a great business program. Why don't you go there? And that was pretty much it. And then the, the soccer scholarship, or the, the small one, it came after it already kind of made that decision. Yeah, yeah. Now, truth be told, I had no idea what a financial advisor even did. I just wanted to be that. And thankfully, when I entered into to the, to the career that it, it was, it was awesome. And I loved it since day one. That's so, great. So what kind of degree did you get from there? Business finance. Business finance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- that's an open degree. You could do financial advisor. You could, what else could you do with that degree? You can basically go anywhere you want with that degree. And, um, you know, I'm not so sure employers are looking too much for, for the type of degree that you're, that you have, mm-hmm. but it's certainly a stepping stone. And it got me into my first job, which was a financial advisor for, for an insurance company. And I worked on the annuity side. So that was a big help, and it, and it kind of got me started. What's an annuity, just for the audience? And there, well, there's all different types of annuities, and it's actually misunderstood, I, I think, quite a bit. Um, but annuity is an insurance contract, a contract, not a product, a contract, where you have some sort of term and in exchange for typically some sort of duration where you have to give up time to get that benefit. And those, they can look and, and, and smell in, in so many different ways, every single annuity. And that's, that's a product you see, like, in the pension system if a company has a pension, correct? Yeah, they might call it an annuity in the sense that you'll get it later in life. However, those annuities that you see in the pension space are typically uh, funded with mutual funds or sub-accounts, which look like mutual funds. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, uh, where do you think the pension space is with with companies, I don't think companies are really offering pensions really anymore, are, are, are they? No, no, no. You see a lot of them exiting out of it that uh, they don't really like promising folks dollar figures anymore. Uh, it gives more risk to the company themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd rather the, the employees be in control of their own destiny and offer more 401k. So you don't, you don't see it too often anymore. 
All right, that's that's. I think that's a good intro. And then uh, you know, I tasked uh, Paul with you know, like I said, this could become more more of a practical uh, podcast. So I kind of tasked him with like you know five important financial subjects. I mean, I don't know if you got five. I think you that's you know, but you could as many. I guess the goal here uh, to the audience is like, I'm a young person. Okay, I'm uh, you know maybe in high school, and you know, I want to I want to be a baller. You know, you're all these kids, right? So like. How you know if I'm if I'm motivated to to make some money for myself? Like, what are some things I need to understand? Basically, that that I either I need to read, I need to you know, what should I be doing? The number one thing every single young individual has to do is just save. Save, okay. You know, as you grow and whatever skill you have, you'll you'll typically earn more and more money through your lifetime. But if you can save in the beginning of your career, that's that's typically the toughest part. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do see is a lot of younger individuals, the second they start making some money, they start picking out things that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start paying yourself and saving, that's that's the, that's the number one thing. Number start paying one. the old man you're going to be one day. Yeah, yeah. And there's a number of different ways you can do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and technologically speaking and the information that's out there, you don't really have an excuse not to do it anymore. Uh, young people, especially being more savvy with technology naturally, they have access to so much so you don't even have to really rely on your employer, rely on somebody else to help you, or even rely on someone like me to help you get started. Mm-hmm. You, you can open up an IRA or a Roth IRA in, in 10 seconds if you're 21 years old. It's, it's, it's really easy, and there's a number of ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, getting good at, at investing is, is just going to take some time for anybody. Uh, and I, I guess if I had to give anybody advice of, of how, is just, just find your key buzzwords and, and just start looking them up on Investopedia. And, and Google, Google them, every single word. Yeah, Investopedia, that's, uh, that's the um, outfit that um, Mark Kolakowski writes for. Uh, that's a guy that I did, uh, you know, he's he grad, well, he, Harvard grad. He retired when he was 42 or something. He, he writes because that's his passion, but that's who he writes for. So. You have plenty of information out there to, to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, I don't want to steal your thunder. So what, what, did you, uh, what else did you, were you thinking about within that, that subject there? For what younger people that want to get started? Yeah, and how that differentiates you from you know your traditional uh, financial advisor. You know, like what uh, you know, you know, you said looking some things up. Like, what are those specific things to to look up? Like, what should they understand? The the kids really need to understand more broad range uh, investment philosophies. I'd say rather than you know products themselves. I think okay, maybe well saving, borrowing investing, insuring, those things might be where they should start. Um, Borrowing is one that, that really, that, that, that flies by every single kid for whatever reason. You got a lot of kids with college debt out there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are afraid to borrow, uh, purchase a home, but you really need to understand that. You, you, you know, a lot of people out there are going to have some sort of version of debt mm-hmm. for a really good portion of their lives. Now, that's not a bad thing, but it's a good thing to understand. How much do I pay back? Mm-hmm. Are my rates fixed or variable? Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of kids will will find out that they have to learn how to understand borrowing much earlier than they'll have to. Understand like what do you mean investing. by that? What do you mean by that? Well, you, when you get into a home, there's so many different ways that you can buy a home, mm-hmm. or there's so many different ways you can understand your credit card. There's there's so many different uses for 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 debt out there for kids, and that 
they will find themselves in more debt than they will find themselves having money to invest earlier in their lives. Mm -hmm. So the faster they can understand that side of the personal balance sheet, the faster they can understand investments because a lot of them are the same thing. Just when you look at a, you know, a, a stock and a bond, you know, mm -hmm. one's ownership and, and one is technically a loan, but either way you're, you're making an investment in, in obtaining a return. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's so like, like that concept there, the differentiation between a stock and a bond. So you said one's a ownership ownership, which one's ownership. Is that the stock or the stock bond? or equity? When you mm -hmm. technically, when you buy a stock, you're buying a, and you own it. And you, you own a minute portion of that company or mm -hmm. that stock. And, and in a bond, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a debt instrument. So that company is loaning money to you and, and for some sort of set interest rate, mm -hmm. so to speak. And when you think about a mortgage, that's, that's really what a, what a bond is. Only you, that individual or young person is on the other side of that equation or mm -hmm. they're the one paying the interest. Right, but that's more of an asset, right? So is is the bond and, and, and a piece of real estate similar? Or, but the bond is fixed and, and the the property could, is an asset that could grow based on market conditions and supply and demand? Or? Very, very, very highly correlated. Mm -hmm. I, even, I even do that a lot in meetings where I'm talking to folks about understanding bonds. And, and a lot of investors will go back and forth of, you know, should I buy a bond or a piece of real estate? Either one can gain or lose value. And, and typically in real estate, you'll have as, a, as a, an investment vehicle, it pay you some sort of rental income and, and a bond might pay you some sort of dividend mm. at, at, at a certain period of time. So they are similar in, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but going back to, to a younger individual, um, very important to understand. And in a, in a market like today where real estate's really out of whack with COVID mm -hmm. um, and interest rates are super, super cheap, um, just big decisions to make for younger individuals that can have, you know, 30 year consequences. Cause that's what, you know, right. Mortgages. Right. They go on for a long time. looks like college debt's in that same boat too, you know? Yeah. College debt. It's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's for, a tough one for kids to come out. Cause unlike, um, the attractive interest rate market, um, college debt, usually it doesn't coincide. It's usually a little more expensive. Kids are, you know, looking for, Co-signers, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or you know, to 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 face a seven percent, two, three hundred thousand dollar loan for a twenty-one, twenty-two year old entering the workforce, you know, that that's no joke. So for for them to understand debt, and then again couple that with obtaining any more debt, mm -hmm. um, very very important. And that's I would I would call that unsecured debt. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, there's no asset behind it. The asset technically is. Is is a goodwill of the individual. Mm -hmm. uh, homes have security, which is why banks will give you a more attractive interest rate, um, because God forbid you, you you're unable to make your payments. Mm -hmm. If the bank does a good loan, they'll have their assets secured by that real estate, but they don't have that with, with the child. That's why they'll have to look for cosigners, something along those lines. Right, 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 right. And the interest rate will will not be in their favor. All right. So what? Um Here's, here's another thought. Like, like I, I preach to a lot of, uh, I don't call it preach. That's probably not the right word, but I, you know, I just, I ask people how old they are a lot. Mm -hmm. Like you're young, you're younger than me, you know, that, you know, but I, I look at time, like, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of these young kids are, are rich in time. Obviously they're young. They're 19 years old, 21 years old. You know, I turned 50 this year. So if I look back at where I'm at now with my knowledge based on, you know, financial matters, I mean, you know, 
like we talked, I, I'm an engineer. I really don't like to, I didn't really like to read. So I, I know I had to read more to, to, to write better. So I started, you know, I like finance. So I started reading like money magazine and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned looking things up. Are there any kind of books that you would recommend for, for people to read if they want to get up to speed? And, and you know, let's say I'm a young guy. I, got a, I, I mow lawns. I used to mow lawns back in the day. Like I had 21 lawns. Like here, let, let's say a guy, let's say a young person who's not, 21 yet can't do a Roth IRA or traditional IRA. What if he had $50 a week to do something with, um, you know, and you know, like he started like when he was like 15, shall we say mm-hmm. like, you know, and he, he was knowledgeable. He worked with you for, for say, and, and you know, wh- where do you think he could be when he's 40 years old? Yeah. I think that you, you want to go play with maybe some investment calculators because mm-hmm. it's tough to see the real value when you're dealing with smaller numbers for a younger individual and, mm-hmm. and you could typically compare that to, Oh, well I got to put 50 bucks here when I can go, you know, get a new pair of sneakers. So sneakers are probably at least a hundred bucks now. Right, right. Exactly. Um, but if you, if you go and play with some investment calculators, you know, what if I put $50 a month away for the next X amount of years and then go click calculate, you know, back in the day, people had to, to really know math. Now you could just have the answer again, technology right at your, at your okay. fingertips. And you give that younger individual some sort of motivation to say, wow, you know, money can really grow fast. And then I would ask, you know, the, the, that person to ask themselves, well, where, where, where can I go get 7%? Where can I get 8% or 3 or 4%? Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of educate yourselves on what's out there, given what level of risk. Now, for someone like me, when I meet a y- younger individual, I love just giving them all the time and information I can. Mm-hmm. You're patient. I, I, I love giving younger people who are looking for advice all my time. Um, not that that person's ever going to be a client, at least probably for the next five to 10 years. Um, but, but I love doing things like, like what you're asking me right now. Mm-hmm. So if you maybe play with that, give yourself a reason to go find out, you know, how much money you can really have. Because what I, what I, what so many clients come and tell me after I've been working with them for a number of years, so many of them say, why didn't I start this sooner? Mm-hmm. Why didn't I start this sooner? Right. And there's no secret sauce to it. But back what, earlier when you said, what, what should I do? You should just start saving. Mm-hmm. You'll make some mistakes along the way of what you're going to invest in, and that's okay. You know, it's better than just spending the money that's gone immediately on, on, on some useless. Yeah, to like, like look cool at the party because you got the, the new shoes, you know. <laughs> you know or yeah. you're, at, you're at the club, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to really pat yourself on the back if you start investing sooner. So a lot of my clients bring me their kids and grandkids and and, you know, they get little Johnny started off now. Mm-hmm. And I just met with one this, this week. He brought in his computer. Oh, yeah? I'm obviously not going to charge the poor kid anything. Right. I told him how to use the systems. Where to find the financial calculator. Like, where's a good place to find that? Just you look just it up online? Google. Financial calculator. It'll come up right away. For all me. right. All right. Yeah, bankrate.com has a number of them. If you go to bankrate.com, and they're, they're free to use. All different types of calculator. You can get some mortgage calculators, things of that nature. Glad actually you brought that up. You can, you can go on and say, well, if, what if I get a 30-year mortgage? What's that going to be given my house that I'm going to purchase, however mm-hmm. much money I'm going to put down? And then you could put in little things like, well, what if I put an extra $100 down a month? When's it going to be over? Maybe it'll be done in 22 years, 24 mm-hmm. years. You could kind of match that up with who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you want the least amount possible out of your pocket because you want to go invest some more money. I'm not saying you should be paying debt off. I'm not giving that advice. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that you can go figure out who you want to be and how you want to manage your, your own debt. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. So, so you said the scenario of a young young kid coming in with his computer. So, would you guys, uh, you know, not to get into his private business, but would you guys, uh, how did, how how you felt, you know, what was the outcome of the of the meeting? Well, he wants to. Uh, he's got a lot of. Direct, he's got great parents. Okay. So, so his parents helped him a lot and encouraged them what level of risk to take. I got to be careful to not say I'm giving advice on this podcast. Right. But exactly. Yeah. Now, that, yeah. We're we're yeah. That's yeah. Per your, you know. Yeah, LPL financial, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Right. Yeah, no, that, I'm just, I'm just under, like you said, the concept of it. Yeah, the concept, and he so, so he knew his level of risk. I told him what it could look like if it gets ugly mm-hmm. out. So now he knows mm-hmm. what he's getting into, and I, I simply showed him how to do simple purchases, what it means to have cash versus the security. Which for me, it's you know, so many years in the business, you, you think it's easy, but when you're just getting started, you need to really know the easy terms that mm-hmm. just by putting money into your Roth IRA or into your IRA. That doesn't mean it's invested. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have to go buy something. Right, right. Right. And then what do I want to buy? And then that's when you find out who that person is, how much time they have. Can they handle the risk? You know, because if that's actually the hardest part of, of my line of work. Does that person really know what it feels like when it gets ugly out there? Mm-hmm. And sadly, the, the clients are the ones taking that leap of faith. And even though we say things, you don't really know how that feels and, until it really gets ugly out there. Until you get some skin in the game. Right. And then once, once you're in it, and those are when the, you know, sometimes the knee-jerk reactions come out and emotional reactions will be kind of loose thought of the investment process or the purpose of what we've done. But, but, but what I did with that uh, young gentleman, I showed him a few things. I brought him to, to show him a, a few terms and what he can and can't buy and what he should be buying. And then he came back and showed me and he was all excited. And, oh, yeah? and he did well for those few weeks. And, and now he's already kind of addicted to it. And then, you know, so in time, what's hard for younger people is if you make 8% on uh, 100 bucks and you have $108, it doesn't excite you. You know, but you know, let's fast forward. When you make 8% on 100000 and now you've got 108000 and then you start getting excited and you start mm-hmm. really feeling the weight of what markets can do for you if, if you invest properly right. patiently. Right, exactly. Like yeah, like Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, he, you know, you gotta make money while you're sleeping. He said, yeah, you know, you know he's got a lot of good sayings. I mean, I know he's, you know, I'm people, f- people, people like him, don't like him, whatever. I just, I just like the simplicity of how he, how he looks at it. You know, yeah, you know, those guys are, there's something else. You know, so all right, so what? Uh, so, so you, you own your own business, right? Yeah. So you, 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 how long have you been a financial advisor before you made this move? Technically, since I believe about 2008, 2009, graduated college 07, got right into the business immediately and uh, took a one odd break in 2012, almost bought a restaurant, great learning experience, didn't yeah, pull yeah. the trigger on it, so left the industry for one year and came right back. So since 2000, yeah, 2008 and studied since 2000. Mm-hmm. So. And so it, it's L, well, it's Cornerstone <clears throat> Financial, but it's an LPL Financial. So that's so explain that. Like, what's the difference between what you're doing versus, uh, I guess, the traditional, you know, Fidelity, uh, uh, you know, Morgan Stanley, right? All these other different financial advisors or different uh, ways of doing stuff. Like, what's the difference? What what makes you unique versus? The traditional. You're right. So I'm independent. Cornerstone Wealth Partners is, is my company that I've opened, and I'm an independent financial advisor. Um, let's say you work for, for Morgan Stanley or you know Wells Fargo, and you're a financial there. 
they work for a company and they have clearing companies, agencies, who's actually holding the funds called the broker dealer. Now, even though I own my own company, I still have to have a broker dealer. So my broker dealer, the holder of the funds is LPL Financial. Okay. Now, the reason I chose LPL, and there's a number of independent broker dealers. This is the largest one. I believe that they're the most technologically advanced and they can give me the opportunity to make no excuses for what I need to get for my clients. They have a broad spectrum of what I can use, everything from insurance to mutual funds to alternative investments, mm -hmm. a very wide range. And I'm also, I was also drawn to the culture of, of LPL. And I, um, I think I sent you the video. A few yeah. I'll ago. put that on our, on the post and oh. you know, that, they're interviewing a lot of the financial advisors throughout the uh, the country for LPL. It's yeah, I'm stealing a quote from that video, okay. which I'm in love with. It's it's that the creators of LPL, the broker dealer, wanted to turn the industry upside down, and they wanted the the broker dealer to work for the advisor, not the other way around. Um, which really hit home for me because that's that's the message I'm trying to give to my clients that I don't work for a, a company that's incentivized even in the smallest bit to push in any direction, mm -hmm. okay? I wanted, I wanted to be in a place where my, I can really let my clients feel that I have their best interest at heart and I don't have anything in the way of that. Well, yeah, that just feeds back into the first part of the podcast talking about how you, you want to really understand your client, where they're at in their life, and so that you can offer them all the things to, to make that happened for them, you know, and, yeah. and it's more about it's it, that kind of transcends to the, to the customers that you're dealing with too, that you're, you know, you're working, you know, for them, yeah. you know, you know, obviously people, at least the, 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 the investors I'm looking for, I'm looking for people who want a financial advisor. And I believe that there's a high demand um, of, of people who are looking to be told, maybe you don't even need to invest but maybe given in your plan, you just need to insure a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're behind a little bit and we need to save a little more. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel that, that people are looking for that. You know, people don't like those commercials uh, that really trash all these, you know, I'd never sell an annuity to my grandmother, you know? There's oh, a, yeah, there's, there's that There's a one big guy. world out there yeah. for annuities that are a big, big help, you yeah, know? Yeah. What if your grandma needs one? Um, right, exactly. You know, people, I don't... I, I, Maybe some people are, but those people uh, most of the time don't need a financial advisor. They're very capable of managing their own assets. They, they, they know the specific need, and they're going to go directly to that source and get that, mm -hmm. um, which is, again, that's, that's fine. That's great. Uh, it's not the line of work that I'm in. Right, right. So like what we've done, what was obviously, you know, we got together. We put a decent sum of money in the market. It was at the bottom, you know, you know market was like it was like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, you could. You know, you can put anything in there, and now it's it's up. So I got lucky. You know, God's looking down on me. I appreciate that. But what I liked about your approach that you were watching it, you gave me a call. We 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 throttled it back. You know, we locked in some of those savings. You know, you made sure that I was able to pay the the tax burden I had coming up due to the sale of the property. And uh, you know that I couldn't have done that on my own. Yeah. You know, I'm an engineer, legit. I mean, I mean, but. You know, it's, it was, it was nice. It was easy, mm -hmm. you know, and it, you know, it's, it was, it was, it, it's worth every penny that, you know, that, 
you know, that I pay, I guess, or whatever. I don't even know how much that is, but you know, that's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's fine, you know? And, and then when, when we, what's nice, Paul is like, I ask you questions. It's not like we're not going to do what you say, but then I, then I educate myself even deeper because now I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I can read a, a, you know, an article or I can go online or whatever, but like to really understand the, the nuances of it, Mm -hmm. of what, you know, why we're doing it. Yeah, why, why, why are we doing it now? You know, like, you know, what's cueing you from all your experience that we have to make this move now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which I love. I love the more yeah. questions, the better. Yeah. It, it gives, it gives the clients, um, and it gives them the confidence that I'm not just, you know, I'm not just laying around making, mm-hmm. making choices just because I feel like it. So the more questions you ask, the more you'll, you'll get an understanding from my process. And I know that, you know, my process well. I spend each day making sure that I'm staying up to date on what's going on out there. Right. Uh, there's, you know, you can't just understand tax law and, and forget about it. You need to be up to date on all the tax law changes. Mm-hmm. You need to be calling your CPAs who are, who are on top of it as well, who are, who are giving you some information. Not that I'm in the business of giving tax advice, um, but whenever you make an, an investment decision for someone, there, there are tax characteristics to every single investment product that are out there, which Absolutely. we have to be educated in. Um, and I'll, I'll say to him, I'm blue in the face that, you know, you, you don't want to hear him say, oh, you have to ask your, you don't want, you ever want your clients to say, oh, you, you have to go talk to your tax advisor. I'm not going to bother you with that. You know, there's some, there's some, there's, you can go a little bit into that world and make sure that the tax advisor also understands a complete relationship. Oh, but, right. Oh, yeah. Not to interrupt you, but or also to help your client craft the right approach when he goes, talks to his right. tax yeah. CPA person, or they might be using again to your point, like they could be using you know, uh, TurboTax. Uh-huh. You don't know, yeah. Is TurboTax really gonna know the nuances of this thing or, mm-hmm. or not? I don't use TurboTax, but I know a lot of people do. I mean, I go to a, I go to an accountant, yeah. It just there's just a lot of things, yeah. And um, what I was gonna say is you making investment decisions, taking tax into consideration is, is smart. And then making investment decisions solely based on tax can get you into some trouble. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're part of it. They're part of it. And you need to know how much to talk about and where to stop and say, okay, now you have to go ask your financial professional if this is in line with, with everything that you have. And the more complex that your situation is, the more you might want to pay attention to it because it can really negate what you're trying to do. Right. Exactly. 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 All right, great. So what else do we have here? We covered quite a, quite a bit of it. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss with the audience? No, I'm not. You know, I've never done this before. I was excited to come on. Thanks again for yeah, having yeah. me. No, I, I, if I'm, depending on, on who's listening, um, if I ever, if I can give advice to anybody is, is go out there and take, take some risks with anything. I'm not just saying with your money out there with your experiences and, mm-hmm. and the more you throw yourself into uncomfortable situations in the financial world, the more you might run into someone who really knows what they're talking about. And, and you know, don't just rely on yourself too. Like what I said with technology to educate yourself, just ask people questions and you keep asking questions. You're really going to, you might really learn something. You know, a lot of people are in a business of giving bad advice out there listen and be a little skeptical mm-hmm. you know and everything that everyone says is going to be exactly true and you'll find that the, the more you do that especially in the financial world 
that it's a big, big place and there's a lot of different ways you can do all, all different types of things. Mm-hmm. And then you might find what, what your niche is. And then it's, it's, it's always comforting too when you find someone who's so interested in. I have a lot of buddies out there who are, who are very skilled in whatever work that they're in. Mm-hmm. And then I get a little jealous of them because they're also skilled in managing their own assets too. And they might be a doctor or in the pharmaceutical industry. And then they're very good at making investments themselves. And here I am. I'm, I, you know, I obviously have investments for myself, and I give advice all day. But I get jealous at the, at, at how skillful people can really be out there. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, like in the post, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, 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 I'll post your website. Also, that little video of LPL Financials. People get a feel for it. So, you know, the goal is, uh, you know, Paul's a good guy, and 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 as I start building out Bradley Basics more, I'm going to start like as we spoke before, Paul. I'm going to start doing at some point, um, uh, you know, doing some training. You know, like that website I have, I can actually put video on it. And I just haven't done that yet. So, you know, we could do like a simple little presentation on something, shall we say, about, you know, like the difference between a bond and a junk bond, for example, or uh, an annuity and a stock. What, what type of stocks? I mean, some industry segments. You know, there's a lot. There's just so many things we could we could get into, right? So, it, it uh, and again, based on what people want to learn, what they want to get into, maybe, uh, maybe an industry that are looking to uh, get employed in, mm-hmm. you know, is another thing as well. I mean, you know, so they have knowledge of that, that business, uh, you know, the business I'm in, um, you know, uh, we're the you know, largest manufacturer of welding stuff, right. And we're the federal reserve of welding wire mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, we, it, it, every day we produce enough welding wire to go around the world and that's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but, we're getting hit with raw material costs, and then you start looking at uh, all these ships that are out in these ports and uh, supply chains. Supply chains. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna take a turn, and you know, you know, failure is the uh, father of opportunity. You know, so you, if you're you got if you're prepared, you can maybe take it take advantage of something. You yeah, know? not not in a malice way, but. So, uh, all right, good. I'm sure we could talk for hours about financial things. There's just so many subjects. So this is going to be, you know, a real brief, uh, introduction to Paul and what he can do. And, uh, and, uh, appreciate your, like at always at Bradley basics, I appreciate your time and enjoy today. Thanks for, thanks for your time. Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, thanks for having me. This is fun. All right, buddy. Later.